Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, welcome back to Mountain Murders Offbeat. I'm Heather. And I'm Dylan. Well, are you doing the Richard Nixon? Yeah, like I did. The two peace signs in yeah, the air. Yeah, I am say not that? a crook. Yeah. <laughs> what is that all about? Do you like that? It was something else. <laughs> it was different. I'll give you that. Oh, that's what people say when they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, Dylan, to the midweek show. How are you on this Wednesday? I, I can't even describe it. There's not a word in the English language that describes how I am right now. That's how good I'm doing. Oh, I can think of a lot of words that describe you, but... Oh, baby. No. (laughs) Dylan, we have a breaking piece of true crime news. This made my day yesterday, and I know a lot of true crime uh, fans, you know, out there... Um, I must say... ...were emailing me the story. Yeah, and and I must say... uh, on one hand, it's a, it's an old cold case solved, and that's always a good thing. Yes. This is a very uh, devastating crime. So from that perspective, it's very incredible. And then there's our connection to the entire story that is also incredible to me. Well, a tip from a Georgia sheriff's office helped the Watauga County Sheriff's Office bring closure to a 50-year-old triple homicide case that occurred in Boone, North Carolina on February 3rd, 1972, known locally as the Durham Family Murders. Oh, my God. A case that we covered some episodes ago. That is amazing. This case has haunted me for a long time. I would just... Yeah, if if any of our listeners have not listened to our, our, our coverage of the Durham Family Murders, you have to listen to that. It was a brutal crime, an entire family. Basically, I think there was a surviving member, a son who wasn't home. Maybe. No, we're going to talk about this, Dylan. Bryce Durham was 51. His wife, Virginia, 44, and their 18-year-old son, Bobby, were found brutally murdered in their home during a snowstorm. Their son-in-law, Troy Hall, found the family deceased after he and the Durham's daughter, Jenny, went to check on the family with the help of a neighbor. Um, it was a, like a serious snowstorm, and Jenny got a phone call from her mother, Virginia. It was a very troubling, cryptic kind of phone call. Um, Jenny went to the neighbor, was like, can you please give us a ride? Because it was this really horrible snowstorm, um, very you know treacherous. They get to the house and find uh, the family has been murdered. Well, not only that, I mean, they're murdered. They were left basically hogtied and on the edge of the tub, right? And there was like no water in the floors. Yeah. So it was just a very odd murder. And of course, going unsolved for 
five decades, a lot of theories swirled about who might be responsible. But now we finally have a conclusion to the case. Billy Wayne Davis, 81 years old, is currently in a correctional facility in Augusta, Georgia, and he is believed to be the only surviving perpetrator in the Durham case. So other perpetrators have been identified as Billy Sunday Burt, Bobby Jean Gaddis, and Charles David Reed, and they are all deceased. So in May of 2019, the Wyatt County Sheriff's Office in Georgia contacted the Watauga County Sheriff's Department about information that they recognized could be important to the Durham case. They immediately began to investigate the new leads and conducted in-person interviews with Billy Wayne Davis in September of 2019, October of 2020, and August of 2021. It was during these interviews that they were able to determine who was responsible through a corroboration of evidence, and now they think they know who committed the crime. And basically, these gentlemen were all part of the loosely organized network known as the Dixie Mafia, which is a case we also covered. This now, blows these my mind. Um, members were part of the Georgia based Dixie Mafia, and they were thought to have engaged in dozens of violent crimes in Georgia and elsewhere across the um, Southeast in the 1960s and 70s. As we know, it wasn't limited to Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, um, you know, up through Tennessee. They had a huge presence in the South, the Dixie Mafia. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were a pretty big deal. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. They have concluded that this was a hit job. Basically, um, they were hired um, to do this hit in the North Carolina mountains and they almost got caught in this bad snowstorm. Um, Davis claimed to have acted only as their getaway driver and that it was the other three men that entered the house. Wow. Man. I, so uh, now we're left to speculate why. The hit was put out on uh, this fan. On I'm going to assume that it was the father who was the target. Well, it remains unclear who solicited the crime against the Durham family. Um, they, you know, they don't exactly have all the details, but there was some speculation at the time that this could have been a hit job, like a contract killing, mafia a type killing, because it seemed. Um, neat, clean, like a professional hit. The killers were in and out, leaving behind very little as far as uh, evidence goes. And Mr. Durham, Bryce, owned a car dealership at the time. And so there was some speculation that perhaps he, you know, owed people money or perhaps was laundering money for the mafia, something like that. Yeah, and, and you pointed out the family had recently moved to Boone. Yeah, they, they were not like lifelong residents of Boone. They had only recently moved there, I think, within the past maybe year or two of the killing. So little was known kind of about their life before they came to Boone, North Carolina. Again, I'm excited that this cold case has been solved. Um, like I said, this is a case that uh, has piqued my interest and has haunted me for a long time. And I'm just really glad that this family finally is getting some closure. I know that um, Mr. Hall, Jenny's ex-husband, he was a suspect for a long time. And, you know, he is adamantly denied any involvement. Um, so I'm really glad that this family has cleared him and gives Jenny and the rest of the family some resolution. Certainly our excitement uh, being true crime fans about cold case being solved, one we're familiar with, one we covered, pales in comparison 
to any feelings of closure or just getting answers that you know for the family. So that's the main goal of these, and that's why the investigators try hard all these years later to you know close these cold cases is for the family's sake. That's the number one priority. It is, you know, Dylan. Um, when we covered this case, I believe we mentioned, um, of course, the different theories and um, the mafia, the contract killing, always kind of made the most sense to me. Well, because it wasn't a robbery. There were no items really taken from the house. When we, yeah, when we discussed this, I'm I'm fairly certain, uh, if I remember correctly, that that was a a pretty strong theory we had. It that for whatever reason, someone wanted this, this someone in this family or this whole family dead. The way they were left in the bathroom at the bathtub is almost like sending a message. You know, is gruesome, and uh, which it did rock the area and was very um, a very bad crime. But yeah, I certainly had that feeling that for what whatever reason this was professional hit of or you know some this wasn't some bumbling burglars in the middle of a snowstorm, right? You didn't see tracks or you know because the house was up on a hill, you know, steep driveway. That everything. was the thing. The house was kind of off the road, tucked away, not a lot of neighbors nearby. You wouldn't it it didn't seem like a random crime. No. At all. Well, anyway, enough of that. Um, if you are interested in learning more, of course, we, we try to cover that case as in-depth as possible. You can check that out. It's one of the older episodes. You'll just have to scroll through. And, of course, the Dixie Mafia. That was like a two-part episode because we talked about the Dixie Mafia. And we also covered Buford Pusser. Oh, my gosh. The man who walked tall with a big bat. Yeah, I really think we could do a 20-part series on the Dixie Mafia. Oh, my gosh. That could be like just an entire podcast series. I'm it surprised is. somebody it- hasn't covered that besides what is it in the red clay yeah i must say a patron of ours uh turned us on to this podcast called in the red clay and it is actually uh, interviewing a, a man who was the son of one of these dixie mafia mem- mafia members and it is uh, the stories he tells about his dad and the things he would see from a child's perspective it's incredible so you really have to check that out into the red clay yeah check that out uh, a good uh, podcast. All right, let's move on, Dylan. Today, uh, we are back with some listener tales. We have had quite a few folks send us um, their various stories over the last couple of months. I've been collecting those, and it's the time. Oh my God, I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready for a listener stories episode. I know, we haven't had one in a while. Oh my gosh. I can't I, I remember just... the last time we did a listener story. Was it November, December? It's been a bit. I'm tingling over here. Are you ready, Dylan? Let's go. Okay. Hi, you two. Oh. Hello. Hey. I've recently begun listening to your podcast at the suggestion of my daughter, and I love it. I find myself listening all the time and especially enjoy the local stories. I've gone back through a number of previous episodes, including the listener stories. I think I have a good one for you. It's a little creepy and one of those that wasn't funny at the time, but was maybe a little bit later on stories. This happened to my aunt in the late 1980s, so here it is. My aunt was living in a townhouse community following the death of her husband and a recent bout with breast cancer. She lived in Virginia Beach, which is, of course, home to a large military community. The back side of her building faced a service road and a thick wooded area, so it was quite secluded. Each townhouse had a small patio off the living room with a sliding glass door on the back side of the building. Okay, I'm envisioning this apartment building this or this townhouse community. That sounds like 
a lot of townhouses with a little patio, kind of off the living room, sliding glass door. Oh, yeah. I've lived in an apartment. It sounds exactly like this. It's, it's the basic design for a townhouse. <laughs> totally. At this door... I'm sorry. And this door had only that little metal rod on a chain that served as a lock for the door. Unfortunately, a couple of hard blows with your fist could dislodge that lock for anyone to gain access. Every evening, my aunt and her next door neighbor took the other lady's dog for a walk just before dark. This particular evening, my aunt returned home and spent the rest of the evening watching TV until it was time for The Tonight Show. She then went upstairs to her bedroom, changed into her jammies, gathered supplies for a manicure, and went back downstairs to watch Carson. Now, there was a bright moon that night, so she didn't turn on any lights while she was upstairs. After her late night shows were over, she returned to her bedroom. Again, she did not turn on any lights, but walked around to her side of the bed. And when she stepped around the corner of the bed, she tripped over something and fell. Immediately, she realized that she had tripped over someone, and one is in all caps. Oh, my God. She began to fight and beg for him not to hurt her as they wrestled on the floor. Eventually, he told her if she would just shut up, he would leave and would not hurt her. Uh, we can be a little loud in my family. I understand that. Um, he said that he was there on a dare and that she should stay on the floor and not turn on any lights until he was gone. Women in my family also have a little difficulty following directions sometimes. So as he ran out of the bedroom and started down the stairs, my aunt ran to, to the top of the stairs and turned on the lights. That's when she saw a naked man exit out towards the back of her townhouse and the sliding door. She immediately ran out of the front to her next door neighbors and called 911. The police brought in dogs and once they had a scent from her bedroom floor they ran out the back door and down the service road to a group of dumpsters where they just tore up the ground apparently this was where his clothes had been left back at the townhouse one of the detectives asked my aunt if she could give a description of the man her response was quote one hairy ass is about the same as the next one <laughs> that's great their thoughts were that this was most likely a sailor and thus the reason for no clothes well as a sailor a former sailor, I can say, pretty solid theory. So do you think his drunk buddies dared him to take his clothes off and go in this apartment? Um, I'm just saying that I've been around a lot of sailors and Marines, and this would not surprise me one bit if, if this were the case. So on one hand, <laughs> it could be some stupid prank that's totally inappropriate and scared the shit out of her. On the other hand, it could have been some deviant who she raised so much hell just decided it was easier to leave. <laughs> there was a strong smell of alcohol in the room, so he probably had gotten drunk, been dropped off there by some buddies, and went upstairs to wait and passed out. So he had been there since approximately 9 uh, p.m. while my aunt was out walking until she went upstairs at 2 a.m. Of course, the man was never found. She later got a two-by-four cut uh, to fit in the sliding door to prevent it from being opened. Fortunately, she was unharmed, but was definitely affected by the experience. Sadly, my aunt continued to live in this place, but never slept upstairs again. She slept in a recliner in the living room as long as she lived there. Oh, my god! this gosh. is signed Elaine. So this, even though looking back, is kind of funny. And I do love the aunt's response about the hairy ass. It traumatized this her. This obviously was very upsetting and scary. Well, yeah. I mean, we can laugh about it, you know, after or now. Or a stranger hearing the story. It has funny elements. Mostly her her aunt was funny. But, um, yeah, it definitely traumatized her and left a mark on her. Well, so that's yeah, not okay. I, I'd never want to find a naked man under my bed. 
No, the fact I that I probably don't even want to find a naked bed, a naked man in my bed, Dylan. Just saying. Well, that's why I always sleep fully clothed. Yeah. It's not true, is it? Are you ready to go on to the next story, Dylan? Uh, yeah, yes. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you for that story. And and I'm sorry that your aunt, your I just say aunt. I don't say aunt. I'm sorry your aunt had to deal with that, for real. Our next story, Dylan. When I was a kid, my grandparents, like a lot of Southern grandparents, were full of great stories, including a few ghostly tales. You know, that is the one thing that I do remember about my great-grandma specifically, is that she would tell me these really awesome ghost stories, like local ghost stories, when I was growing up. So, like, if I had a sick day from school, I'd always be like, ooh, tell me the blah, blah, blah story, and... Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think as a generation, they tended to be a bit more superstitious and, and believe more in uh, legends and, and ghosts. Yeah. yeah, I think she did, definitely. So we know this is going to be a good one because this is a story from my grandmother. So, okay, going to be a good story. She, okay, when she was a young woman, she had an unusual experience after a family friend had passed away in the East Tennessee mountains. As was customary, the casket and body were placed in the family's home so that friends and relatives could visit and pay their respects. The casket was on display in the back room of a small house, and most of the well-wishers had said their goodbyes and headed home for the night. My grandmother and her family lived only a few doors down, so they had stayed on to help clean dishes and put away chairs as the numerous pictures and mementos that had been hauled out um, as the various well-wishers had stopped by. Late in the evening, with the still summer air hanging heavy in the house, my grandmother and the rest of the family found themselves sitting quietly in the living room. The silence was interrupted by a sharp creaking sound coming from the back room. They all realized that they were hearing the sound of the casket slowly opening. Uh-uh. No. Everyone sat up, alert and scared, yet fascinated. They heard the creak of the wooden I've lost my the wooden coffin as it opened and the dull pop as the lid closed again. Then there was a soft shuffle of footsteps on the worn wooden floor. And then last, the sharp metallic creak of the spring on the back screen door as it opened and then slammed shut. Silence followed until the normal sounds resumed in the darkness around the house. They sat in stunned silence for several long minutes until a brave family member crept back into the room, followed closely by the rest of the family and friends. Nothing was obviously amiss, so he slowly raised the lid of the rough oak box. The deceased was still there, still firmly deceased. They retreated to the living room and sat in fear until the sun came up. Oh, my God. And this is signed Lynn, and she said, I live in Nashville now, but I listen every week. Wow. And so they were still, um, thank you, Lynn. So they were still um, abiding by the tradition of sitting with the dead. The Appalachian wake. Yeah. Yeah. Of sitting with the dead. Sitting up with the dead. Okay. When I first got this story, I was like, what the? No. No, 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 no. So if you hear all these noises and you're 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 experiencing this as a collective, not one person. And Sorry, I was just taking a sip of coffee if you could hear that. <laughs> you, you hear it, you thirsty bitch. I am. You hear all these specific noises that as you hear them, you know what that noise is, right? A particular noise all the way through the screen door opening and, and clapping shut and then silence again. I mean... This is one of those, no. Uh, no. no. Okay, we, we get these stories. Some of them are pretty creepy. Um, and I like to think that, you know, I'm, a, I'm an adventurous kind of gal. Like, I'm, I'm kind of into some supernatural, paranormal stuff. So I'm like, okay, I want to see what's going on. No. If I'm at a wake and I'm hearing a casket pop open, 
and the door, uh-uh. That is my cue to go home. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. That's when I say, I'm, I'm glad to be your family friend, but it is time for me to never come back to your house. I love people, but I'm out. Yeah, I don't want to. Oh my god! Scary. <laughs> Damn. To me. Okay. What a story. Next story, Dylan. Hi, Heather and Dylan. Hope this message finds you well. Are you well, Dylan? I'm doing good. I'm well. My husband and I have been married for a really long time. This story happened just after we got married, but remains one of the strangest things we've experienced. To give you some background, I grew up in Virginia, but joined the military after high school. I was stationed for three years in California, then decided to stay on to attend college there. That's where I met my husband. We dated a few years before tying the knot. Being a California boy himself, he wanted us to stay on the West Coast. We have long since moved back to the country, back to the Blue Ridge Mountains where I was raised. Good for you. But at the time, we were out West. He was at work finishing up a project with some colleagues. His office was located on the 18th floor of a high-rise building. At the time, I was six months pregnant with our daughter. She's now 27. I had found out I was pregnant right at the end of my college studies. It just so happened we got married right after graduation. So I decided to stay home during the preg- pregnancy because it didn't make sense to find a job knowing I'd be gone in a few mo- I'd be gone in a few months. My husband said he was sitting there finishing up something when he suddenly thought to himself, quote, if an earthquake were to hit, the downstairs would be chaotic. He oh tried to brush off the feeling, but it was too strong. He said he could barely breathe. Feeling tight chest pressure. After about 15 minutes, he told the boss he needed to go home. Mike, my husband, jumped in the car, driving to our apartment. He was at the apartment about half an hour when the earthquake hit. It was intense, completely terrifying. I had never lived through an earthquake. Mike didn't know his gut feeling was right on the money. Something told him to leave. Over the years, friends have offered up explanations like, oh, you know, animals feel pre-shocked, so maybe he did too. Well, yeah, I guess. And it's son, Terry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's creepy. Terry. Yeah. You know what? If you haven't been in it, I would say, and when you do experience it, an earthquake has got to be one of the most unsettling events that you can experience. The in- literal entire earth around you and under you is shaking and moving. I mean, that's just something you don't normally, you can't even contemplate how that feels. Right? Unless you experience it. You know, Dylan, growing up and even today, I've always wondered why we as a race or as a people are not more concerned with tectonic plates. (laughs) That's true. Because when I was much younger, child, and we were in science class learning about the tectonic plates and knowing that they run like under the mountains here. And they're and, floating around on lava. Yeah. yeah. Um, that absolutely scared the shit out of me. Right. It was one of those, like the Bermuda Triangle, like one of the truly natural terrifiers out there. And it's like we just walk around every day, right? More concerned about our socks slipping down in our shoe than we are about tectonic plates. <laughs> yeah, I took that news in a similar fashion as a, a young student. I'm just like, what? Wait a minute. Hold on. You're telling. Uh, uh, oh my gosh! You're telling me. No way. We're on these separated plates, like and they're kind of just floating around. And sometimes they smash into each other, and then they have the graphic where the one plate is just like yes. jacked up on the other plate, and you're like, "What the fudge?" Yeah, that's really scary. Yeah, right? it's pretty scary. Why don't we not talk about it more often? Oh my gosh! 
Well, you know, maybe it's one of those things. Is that like that, an irrational fear? That you can't control? I have a deep-seated fear of and, tectonic uh, plates. I stand by the theory that either the tectonic plates will or they won't. So, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, can we talk about this for a second? The you're way you're looking at me right now. You're an idiot. That, <laughs> Heather refuses. Okay. She refuses. I don't refuse. To give that statement recognition of the power. How powerful. It's not, because it's such statement. a simplistic. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. View, Dylan. I try to explain to you that it's such a simplistic view that it's just ridiculous. It's Yeah. Well, that the, it's simplicity, as you want to, you know, say, trying to, like, dismiss it, is it's magic. Because it's, tell me when it's not true. Tell me when it's not true. They either will or they won't. It w- either will or it won't. Tell me one instance in your life when you can say that that statement did not apply. Well, I know that 99% of the time that statement, it won't, applies to you. Like, hey, Dylan, can you hang these pictures? It won't happen. Hey, Dylan, can you stop leaving your clothes around the house? <laughs> oh, okay. This couch is not your closet. I don't know why you have a pair of pants here. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, it won't. No, I, I see what Hey, you're... Dylan, can you pick up after yourself? It won't. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. So, so what you're doing is what the power structure does when uh, someone rises up and becomes powerful and they can't control them anymore. You, you, di- you attack my character and you try to dismantle me. And just turn me into a monster. Okay, Joe so Rogan. No, so okay, no, Joe Rogan. So no one will listen to what I'm saying. Okay, Joe. And then when people say... Where's that $100 million Spotify deal, huh? When people say it you will or it won't, me. other people will be like, well, you know about that guy, right? He doesn't pick his underwear up out of his bedroom. And people will be like, oh my God. And you just took the magic away. So thanks. Let's move By on. By the way, there's a pair laying in there now. You better get them because our dog will steal them. I don't know. Okay. So I'm interrupting the show to talk about this. He's an ass sniffer. Our dog. No, he's like a little thief. Anything he can steal. I'm talking a sock, a pair of shoes. A pen. It does not matter. If he thinks it's yours, he will take it. And I'll watch him and he runs with it. And he like takes it and puts it in his little bed and hides it there. So if I go to his little doggy bed, there's like seven or eight personal items just chilling in the doggy bed. Yeah. Like one day he had dragged an entire towel. Oh. Because, you know, you and my daughter are really bad about leaving towels on Whoa. the floor. Whoa, oh, yeah. I'm not. Uh, okay. Sure. Um, he had dragged an entire towel from the bathroom, like down the hallway to his bed. And I, I'm not sure how that happens. No, because he's like six pounds. Yeah, maybe. Okay. 
Yeah, so I guess it will or it won't. He will or he won't. See, that's what I'm, see I'm glad you're finally coming on board with this. <laughs> well, either you will or you won't. Let oh. me get into this next list. Okay, story. let's do it. Thank you, Terry, for that story. Thank you. There was a bonus living room at my parents' old two-story house that connected to the stairs leading to the first floor. There was another main set of stairs. You could see completely down the hallway on the second floor from the couch of the living room. One time, my cousin was visiting for a week during the summer. We were playing Xbox. Where I sat, I couldn't see the stairs. They were almost out of my view. At the top of the stairs is a doorway on the left for a bathroom, then the bonus room. Then down the hallway around a corner is the front set of stairs. Okay. Um, my brain doesn't work. I would need to draw a map. To, I'm a visual person. <laughs> we were up late gaming when all of a sudden I saw a gray face lean out and stare at us for a split second. It was standing from the top of the stairs in the bonus room door. I just kept playing. And then my cousin said, did you see that? As soon as we looked over again, we both jumped. The face was there again, and then it was gone. It scared the shit out of me. My cousin screamed at the top of his lungs. This woke up my stepdad, who was pretty pissed that we were making tons of noise. But the three of us did search the whole house without finding anything. Still don't know what that gray thing was. We never saw it again. A gray face? A gray face. What? Sounds like an alien. No. That would freak me out, dude. It's Stargate. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, they probably came through the Stargate. It's an alien. Yeah. That comes from Cameron. Cameron? Oh, thank you, Cameron. I was out the country. Cameroon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dylan. The the country. the It's from the official country's Twitter account. <laughs> thank you, Cameron. Y'all see what I put up with? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm on fire today, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, so a gray face almost sounds like an alien to me. No, it, it's, uh, yeah, possibly, Maybe but I like mean, a I don't know. It's, a, I mean, any face. I don't know. Something about being gray is weirds me out even worse because it's obviously not human, maybe. I don't know. Damn. Damn, Cameron. Yeah. I'd never forget that either. And, and again, it's not just one person experiencing it, you know, didn't even say anything. And his bud's like, hey, did you see that? I don't know. Damn. Next story comes from Emma. Hey, these are some good ones. We always get good ones. These are some good stories. Next one's from Emma. Hello. A few years ago, I rented a room in a house with a few roommates. I don't know who the couch belonged to before I moved in, but it was obviously a second or third hand piece of furniture. One of my roommates would say she would walk by the couch sometimes at night, especially in the middle of the night, and see a silhouette sitting there. She said it was a man sitting down wearing a hat. After several times of seeing this figure, she finally tells me, well, I'm genuinely weirded out. It didn't take long for me to find another living situation. Damn. What is it with, like, these reports of ghostly men in hats? Why do they always wear hats? I don't know. Why aren't they men without hats? Uh, and then they can sing, you can dance if you wanna, you can leave your friends behind. Yeah. If you don't haunt the couch, then you're not a friend of mine. The safety dance. Okay, sorry. They're men without hats. Is that the name of the group? Yes! Did you -uh. miss my reference? That, that group's <laughs> name, Men Without Hats? Yes. Stupid name, guy. Okay, yeah, I don't want to see a, a hatted man, a man wearing a little chapeau sitting on my couch, ever. So that was short and sweet, because she wasn't fucking around, right? She was like, mm-mm. She was like, you see, you see what now? Oh, okay. Then I'm not going to live here. And as she's describing it and finishing her story, she's like packing her luggage and stuff. Yeah. Oh, will you help me? I will find a new roommate. Who Goodbye. was that? Emma. Thank you, Emma. 
Okay, so I have to say, when I read this story, I laughed out loud, and I told you about it, and you were like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is probably one of the most WTF stories we've gotten here on Mountain Murders. Well, uh, the sniffer. When the the person who got oh, sniff fucked, fucked, that was a good, that was a, that was weird, but, that was a good, but good story. right? This is another good one, Dylan. Okay, and because I have a weird sense of humor, this one really hits home for me. Okay, so here's the weirdest thing that ever happened to me, and I know you all, you all are probably going to think I'm full of shit. Most everyone who writes to you has a tale, but mine is unmatched. Here goes. Some years ago, my boyfriend and I were driving on an empty road out in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina. There were no houses, nothing around. It was flat. All of a sudden, a handful of cooked noodles hit our windshield. They seemed to fall from the sky. We don't know where they came from because they hit down on the windshield. I told you I had the weirdest story you've ever heard. Love you guys. Dylan is my spirit animal, and it's signed, Janie. (laughs) Janie. So they're just driving along. On this flat, there's there's no trees. There's no there's nothing. No banks on the no side houses, of the road. No houses. Doesn't sound like there's trees. I mean, I'm imagining what part of South Carolina this. What it probably looks like. Right. Right. I know exactly what it looks like. Yeah. So there's no place where someone may be fucking around and or and like throwing... a tree where someone's <laughs> hiding, just waiting to throw some noodles with their pot of cooked noodles. <laughs> And then splat. So just a wad. A big wad of pasta. Just hits their windshield. Cooked pasta. And, and the way she described it is that it seemed to fall from Straight the sky down. because it hit down on the windshield. I don't know what to say. Sky noodles. Sky noodles. What the fuck? I think this is, we've just uh, opened up a new <laughs> branch of paranormal studies. Yeah. The flying spaghetti monster. Oh my God. You killed, Janie, you killed the flying spaghetti monster. Jeez. Okay, Janie. You've just destroyed his noodly appendages. I don't even know what to, I can't even contemplate these cooked noodles coming out of nowhere. No. When I saw this, I said, we have to put this on the show. This is the best story ever. What the hell? I'm going to assume in that instance, or if that happened to you, you would never forget that. No. Right? I mean, that's just something you're not going like to let I go said, of. said, this is a story that I was You'd like. you like, oh, you think that's weird? What? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> You ain't never had your windshield smashed with no noodles, you noodly bitch. <laughs> you noodly bitch. You damn noodle throwing bitch. Okay, next story. While on vacation one summer with my parents at the beach, we went to see the sunset. The beach was deserted except for us, which was kind of strange because we were in an area with a lot of summer vacation rental houses. It was around supper time, so I explained it away that everyone must be at dinner. I was walking our family dog, a lab mix named Brownie, the best dog ever, I might add. Before we'd gone to the beach, I had searched for ghost stories and stuff because that's always been my thing. I read about a haunted lighthouse, which was at the other end of the island slash beach. I had asked my parents if we could visit before we left. So as we were watching the sunset, I start feeling uneasy. I asked my sister if she felt okay, and she said yes. It was hard to explain, but something was off. Then my eyes saw the silhouette of a man walking up the beach toward us. He was still too far away for me to really see him. I watched the figure coming closer, and then I saw him float over the water. Like, literally floated out a few feet into the ocean um, above the waves. Surreal as it was, I managed to get my family to look down the beach at the weird man. He seemed to hover for a minute or two and then disappeared, like he vaporized. I asked, did we just see a ghost? 
My dad, who was always skeptical, couldn't believe it. His opinion on paranormal changed after that, and now when I go home for visits, we watch all the ghost shows together. Oh, wow. Rocky. Damn. Okay, a weird floating beach man. Thank you, Rocky. Was he wearing a hat? (laughs) He may... I don't know, but I, I'm I'm with Rocky. I would have to visit the haunted lighthouse. Was he carrying a a you know a packet of noodles? <laughs> we done found the old noodler. Hmm. No, but a haunted a lighthouse for some reason the energy around lighthouses. Anytime I've been near a historic a history. one, maybe it's, it's just they've seen a lot because they're so old and they've they, seen some things. Them and, lighthouses. Well, it always has a solemn feel or like a um. Maybe it's the solitude, the energy of the person who keeps like the, the lighthouse. the lighthouse keeper or something? Yeah, because they typically would have either them and their family or maybe them and a helper, which was common, and that would be it. And they're always in a very rather, uh, especially back then, a desolate area that is very hard to get to. And, and, you know, they get supplies maybe every six months or whatever, and it's just them by themselves going about their duties and making sure the light stays on. It is creepy. Yeah, so I agree with Rocky. I would have to see the lighthouse. Yeah, I would too, but uh, I don't think I need to see a floating beach man. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What would you do? If if me and you're on the beach, we're kicking it, maybe putting something in the air, having a drink, it's dark. Now, this could have happened to us when we were in Savannah. Well, I was actually, when I was reading this, I was thinking about that. Well, it did happen to us, and that guy come walking up to us, and well, I was, was like... was fucking crazy. I was like, what the fuck's this guy doing? scared us and he's like all he was telling us was he had a headlamp and if we had lost something we could use his headlamp to find it because heather was using her phone to look at seashells in the dark <laughs> yeah it's like at 10 11 at night and we're like no we're fine but he was totally freaking me out because he he just turned all of a sudden and come walking all the way across towards us and I, I almost just, screamed, get away from me, murderer, and like took off running. <laughs> we just had this conversation <laughs> about A, bodies washing up, and B, if someone was out here, it was that kind of dark. Yeah, it was so dark. They could be lurking in the shadows and you'd never know. Eight feet from you and you wouldn't even see them. So I, I guess I kind of weirded myself out. It is pretty creepy. It was like, yeah, man, you want to use this headlamp? Oh. Whoa. 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 All right. Whew. A Joey from Blossom. Whoa. Oh, my God. How did that guy even make it? I think that was about all he did, wasn't it? He had, a he had like, a song out at one point. <sighs> yeah, whatever. He did. I can put a song out. You can? Mm-hmm. What's your song? Well, it will I, or it won't. I need a group. It um, either will or it won't. No, stop. A real song. Oh, it will or it won't. Well, I don't have a real song. I need a producer. Well, I, I guess a crew. I if mean, you're going to... Either you will or you won't put out a song, Dylan. See... That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Because that's the truth. All right. Well, that is our listener stories for this episode. Wow. Still haunted by the flying noodles. I'll tell you, those were some great stories. And a naked, possible naked sailor under my bed. Well, the naked man in the upstairs bedroom and uh, the uh, spectral noodles. A gray face. Gray face, the disappearing silhouettes. The, the creepy, creaking, opening, closing The coffin? Casket. Yeah. Oh, my God. The couch sitter. Whoa. Wow. Some good stuff. Oh, my gosh. What's next, Heather? I don't know. We have a great case coming up this weekend. Yes. This case is going to be amazing. It's very different than others we've covered. We'll be uh, journeying up to Virginia. Ooh. 
Yeah, we haven't we haven't been to Virginia in a little bit. I love Virginia. So yeah, Virginia is for lovers, Dylan. Uh, well, yeah, and that's why I fit in. Okay. Because I am a lover. Oh. Yeah. He, no. Yeah, baby. Yes. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Gosh, I feel spent. Are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all my energy. Oh my god! Wow, and you managed to last like more than thirty-five minutes. That's like a record. Oh my god! Stop it! Well, guys, we will be back this weekend, so make sure you um, are on the lookout Sunday for a brand new episode. If you would like to send us your very own listener tale, you can always email those to mountainmurderspodcast at gmail dot com or hit us up on any of our social media apps. We do get a lot of these through. Um, various messaging platforms. Um, so yeah, if you got a great story, send it over. Um, otherwise, have a great week. And if you're feeling froggy, check out our show, Batshit Crazy. We'll be dropping a brand new episode there tomorrow. I on can't Thursday. wait. Um, so download that. If you have enjoyed the creepy, spooky, weird, paranormal, unusual content we've been bringing you on the Offbeat episodes, we're moving that content over to Batshit Crazy. And Offbeat will be more like True crime news, current events, and of course, discussing some of these listener stories. Uh, yes. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.